let's continue just to reach for the Lord for a little bit longer. I feel what Brother Donald's feeling this morning. He's wanting us to reach. Amen. Can you tell there's a difference when you get down to pray and, and you're reaching for Him and then whenever you get down to pray and you feel Him reaching for you. Amen. I feel like, like, like He's reaching for us this morning. Hallelujah. My God, what a privilege and an honor that the King of glory would reach for us. That He'd actually whisper to us. Amen. That He would want to bless us. That He would want to commune with us. You know, what I've been reading this week and what I've been meditating on was in Exodus 33, how that after they had, uh, Moses had, had went up on the mountain, you know, to, to get the, the word of the Lord and, and the people down in the, uh, the valley there, they got weary waiting. <laughs> and sometimes we do that. We get weary waiting. But when we start getting weary, that is the absolute sign that we need to be in prayer more than ever before when we get weary when we get lonesome when we get homesick when we get discouraged amen all these things where there's an opportunity for the enemy to sneak into the camp that's when we need to pray all the more hallelujah my goodness that's when we need to reach for god and you know what when you finally find him he's so sweet He's sweeter than he is on the mountain, amen. He's sweeter than he is in the blessings and the gifts and the callings, amen. When you can find him in the valley, he is the lily of the valley, hallelujah. He's the bride and morning star, and you've never seen him shine so bright as you can see him in the valleys, amen. And it may not be, you know, so many times and for so many years, we've always counted the valley as a, as a place where you're down and out and discouraged, but that is not what a valley is at all. A valley is a place of learning, that's what the valley is, amen. He says he pulls us aside, amen, to teach us glory to God. And it's in the valley where we find strength. It's in the valley where we're allowed to recuperate. What did David say? He said, yea, though I walk through the valley, amen, of the shadow of death. He said, I, he will lead me beside still waters, amen. What I have found out, you know, kayaking and floating the creeks, amen, like we all do around here, is when you go down, it's rough waters. I mean, that's where the rapids are going down. But in that stillness is right through the, 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 low, the low of the valley. It's just still, amen. You can just hang your feet and arms off the tube and just kind of take it easy and relax. You're not having to fight a current. You're not trying to miss a dead fall. You're just enjoying it, amen. And God leads us that way. You know, I, I just want to read that in Exodus. If I, if I can, It's Exodus 33. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me this morning. Exodus 33 and 1, And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence, thou and the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt, unto the land which I swear unto you, unto, unto Abraham and to Isaac and Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed I will give it to you. What has happened is they have went and they have made themselves idols in 32. They've took off their jewelry, they melted it down, and they made the calf. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right. And this is the heart of the Lord. <laughs> Sometimes you can just feel the heart of the Lord when you're reading the scriptures, you know. 
the Lord looks down and he sees this golden calf and he sees them down there dancing, dancing and worshiping. He said, don't make anything in my image. Don't make anything that you think represents me. I'm the unseen God. I've not manifested myself to you in a, in a form yet. You worship me in the spirit. Amen. And here they are. They've created themselves an idol. And they're worshiping. And here I see God in heaven. We can't do nothing that God don't know about. He knew their heart before they ever took their earrings off. Come on, he knew their patience before they ever pulled the ring off. Before they ever got into the melting pot, they had backslid long before that. Amen. And here they are. And this is what God says to Moses. He says, Moses, depart. In other words, leave my presence and go back down to that people. And he said, I'm going to give you instruction. <laughs> I just feel God this morning. I feel him wanting to give us instruction this morning. I feel him wanting to give us something, a learning, a lesson, amen, in the spirit. <laughs> I feel his heart. But he said, I want you to go back down there. And I want you to get the people which thou hast brought up out of the land of Egypt. And I want you to carry them on into the promise. <laughs> he said, I'm not going to leave them like this. He said, I want you to carry them on into the promise. He says, uh, and I'm going to send an angel before you. And you think, oh, what a blessing. But listen to what he says. He says, I'm going to send an angel before you, and I will have that angel drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Persians, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And you may be saying in yourself, oh, what a blessing. The angel of the Lord is going to come down, and he's going to fight my battles for me. But that wasn't God's will. <laughs> that wasn't God's will at all. Because God's will is He wanted a strong people. A people that would worship Him in the middle of battle. A people that would depend on Him whenever, the, whenever their flesh arose. He wanted a people that would love Him for Him. <laughs> he had angels that serves Him day and night. He's got the 24 elders that fall down and holler, Holy, 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 holy. He was looking for a vessel, amen, that would willingly fight for Him. That would willingly stand for Him. That would willingly reach for Him, amen. But what he saw was he saw a people that would not. That would not. And he said, I'm just going to send an angel down. And all those things that I had planned for you along the way, <laughs> all those blessings in disguise, amen. You know what they was disguised in? Those blessings of God were disguised in the Canaanites. Those blessings of the Lord was disguised in the Hittites. Those blessings of the Lord was disguised in the Amorites. They were disguised in the Persians. Because that's where they were going to learn who God was. That's where they were going to learn the faces of God, Justin. That's where they were going to learn how to depend on Him. That's where they were going to learn how to, depend, uh, to call on Him. That's, how, that's where they were going to learn what a great God they really had. Amen. But he said, I can't trust this people. So I'll just send an angel down. How many of us has cried out in the midst of our trouble, Oh God, just send an angel down to fight this battle for me. Oh God, would you just correct this thing for me? You know, even this morning as I was praying, and, I, and I, the enemy wanted to remind me of just faults and failures and faults and failures, you know. And, and I was just calling out, and I'm like, God, I, I'm so sorry for all my faults and failures. <laughs> but will you give me strength to stand? 
Can I make it in the end? I mean, will you give me another go at it? Amen. I want another go at it. I don't want an angel to fight my battles that he has ordained for me. I don't want you to fight my battles that he has ordained for me. Because you know what happens? You get my blessing. Amen. You, you get the revelation of who he is in the face of trouble, in the face of my persecution. Amen. Oh my God, do you understand what I'm saying to you this morning? I need that. Amen. I need that to go on. I need that to be strong. I need that to know who he is amen i need that where i can help someone else come on somebody wave at me and say i don't want to just i just don't want a blessing i want to be a blessing amen i've got people behind me that i need to know amen who god is so i can act so i can help them actually lead a people counsel a people pray with a people encourage a people Oh, my God. They say, I don't know for sure, but I have heard, they say that that cocoon, that that little butterfly, you know, the little, the little caterpillar, he crawls up the tree, and, and he crawls up on a limb, and he begins to cocoon himself in, and inside that cocoon where he's all bound and swaddled, a metamorphosis begins to happen. <laughs> a change begins to take place. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want a change to take place inside of me. Glory to God. You may not see it right now, but I'm telling you, I'm swaddled, amen, this morning. You know, tears is a language that God understands. Glory to God. I'm swaddled this morning. I feel like the church has become swaddled this morning. We're being cocooned in, not from the world, but for the world. Amen. I think about a boat whenever a boat is being made. It's made for a purpose. A boat is made for a purpose. And you know what that purpose is? To be on the water. A boat has really no functioning whatsoever on dry land. It don't have no wheels. It's not really good for a whole lot. But you put it in the water. And it has purpose. And it normally has a destiny. Somewhere it's supposed to go. And some folk it's supposed to carry. But the boat was always meant to ride above the water. It was never meant to take on the water. That's the way we are in this world. We, were, we have a purpose. And our purpose is this world. And we're supposed to be in this world, but not of this world. See, a boat is supposed to be in the water, but not of the water. <laughs> because if it takes on water, it begins to sink. And that's the way we are in our spirit. When we begin to take on the world and own the characteristics of the world, then we begin to sink. That's what happened to these Israelites. They got tired of waiting on God. <laughs> and sometimes it's so easy to do. You feel destiny, brother. You feel purpose. You feel the kingdom. And you get so hungry for it. But we can't help God. <laughs> but we think we can. We think, well, I'll just do this and it might speed God along. But God's saying there's, there's lessons to be learned, even in waiting. In our patience, we possess our soul. <laughs> oh, Lord, help me. Somebody wave and say, Lord, help me. My God, but there's lessons to be learned. And so I feel the heart of the Lord breaking in these scriptures when he says, 
I will just send an angel before y'all. <laughs> Somebody needs to say, I don't want no angel fighting my battle. <laughs> They've got their purpose. And Jesus said he had 10,000 of them that he could call on at any time. But he didn't. <laughs> oh, even, even the, the thief said, my God, if you be the Son of God, bring yourself down. In other words, I know you have help. If you're who you say you are, I know you can call on them angels. But he didn't. <laughs> but he didn't. God said, I'll just send an angel before you. I'll let him fight your battles. And you just go on over into that promise that I offered you, that I told you that I would give you. Go on over to your promised land flowing with milk and honey. But I will not go with you. <laughs> what is a kingdom without a king? Come on, somebody. Can you feel this this morning? What are we reaching for this morning? Are we reaching for fame and fortune? That's the world. That's the idols. That's the golden calf. Are we reaching to make a name for ourselves? That's the world. That's the idols. That's the calf. What are we dancing to this morning? What beat of what drum? Amen. He said, you go on over and I'll send an angel and I'll let that angel fight your battles for you. But you'll go over weak and you'll go over discouraged and you'll be just as miserable in your promise as you was in your bondage. Amen. Oh my God, does anybody know that? Have you ever experienced that? Being just as miserable in your promise as you was in your bondage? We just thought we had it rough in the world. I had a sister call me. I don't know, I think it was Wednesday night. <laughs> and I had reached for her and reached for her over in Ringo, Georgia. And I'd reached for her family and her friends over in Ringo, Georgia. And, but they just turned and they walked away from it. And I want to tell you something. I really believe, I know the Bible says it's better to never make a vow than to make one and break it. But I'll go a step further and I'll say I believe it's better to have never known God than it is to know God and walk away from Him. Because you know what? You've got a promise. Whether you like it or not, you've done got a promise once you've been introduced to God. Hallelujah. Whether them children of Israel wanted it or not, that promise was done promised to Abraham. Amen. Glory to God. But they were going to be miserable in their promise. I don't want to enter into this kingdom broke and, and busted and defeated and discouraged. My God, I want to enter into this kingdom that's on its way, hallelujah, with power and authority. Glory to God. Not just over unclean spirits in my own life. My God, I think I have that. Hallelujah. But I want it over others. Glory to God. I want to say scat and the devil runs. Not to ever come back. I get so tired of casting demons out of the same people. Come on, somebody wave at me if you know what I'm talking about. I get so tired of casting addictions off of the same people, amen. And you know what? They come back just as broken, amen. And that's why I told that sister. I said, you got to understand this gospel that we minister, this gospel that we preach, this gospel that we teach, hallelujah, there's things that has to be accomplished in it. The Bible says, submit yourself unto the Lord. Then you resist the devil. And then he flees from you. But you've got to be submitted. And I told her, you know, and I don't like this term, straddle of the fence. <laughs> That's not in the Word. The Word says you're either hot or cold because if you're lukewarm, I spew you out. I won't take two seconds of time with you. Can I say it just like that? But most folk... 
They want to live lukewarm and helpless. Lukewarm and helpless. And you are miserable, miserable, miserable. But my heart is crying out for those people this morning. And I have determined in my heart, Sister Lisa, I will not be lukewarm. I will not be lukewarm. I will not have an angel fight my battles for me. I will not. That is the church's job. If I get in trouble and I can't reach God, or if I get in trouble, and I know some of us has been in that shape where you just absolutely just, you were unconscious, as Brother John said. You need to call somebody. You need some help. But my God, that's what we are here for each other for. Amen. Glory to God. That is what the church is supposed to be established for. Amen. Woo! Thank God Moses had enough wherewithal within him. Whenever God says, you're going over into your promise, but I will not go with you, for thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee by the way. And let's go down to verse 7. Uh, you know, from, from there to verse 7, the, Moses comes down and he tells the, the children of Israel what has happened, and they begin to take off everything they got. And they begin, you know, that golden calf, they gave to the golden calf, but they still had ornaments left. You know what they did? They said, we don't want nothing. Nothing that has the appearance of sin. <laughs> we don't want nothing that has the appearance of drugs. We don't want nothing that has the appearance of alcohol. We don't want nothing that has the appearance of lust. We don't want nothing that has the appearance of sin that's going to separate us any further from God. Amen. And they begin to take it off. And verse 7 says, And Moses took the tabernacle and he pitched it without the camp. Now see what happened is whenever the, the, they would move from one place to another, they would set up camp. And that camp, they would set tents up this way and tents up this way, tents up this way and tents up this way. They set it up kind of in the, the shape of a cross. If you go back and you read how they, uh, the, the, the tents, the children, the tribes set their tents up in the shape of a cross, Moses picked his tent up and he went outside the camp. <laughs> And he set that tent up and he says, And Moses took the tabernacle and he pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation which was without the camp. And it came to pass when Moses went out into the tabernacle that all the people arose and they stood every man at his tent door and he, they looked after Moses and he was gone into the tabernacle and it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle that the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door and all the people arose and they worshipped every man in his tent. Hallelujah. One more verse. Y'all hang with me. One more verse. And the Lord said unto Moses, face to face. <laughs> you know what face to face means? Relationship. <laughs> and the Lord came down, even in the midst, amen, of church, even in the midst of religion, even in the midst of what they had turned it into, Sister Deborah. They had turned it into something that God wouldn't pleased with. They were still the Israelites. They were still on a journey. They were still marching toward Canaan's land. But they had turned it into something. Idol worship. They had turned it into religion. They had turned it into false doctrine. And God said, I will not be a part of that. You go on to your promise. But I won't go with you. Amen. Moses come down and he said, Y'all are a stiff neck and a hard-hearted people. 
Oh, my God, what have you done? What have you done? What have you done? Thankfully, they began to repent. They began to repent. They began to strip themselves of the things that was pulling on them. My God, this morning, we need to begin to strip ourselves. The Lord is in the house this morning. I feel Him here. I felt Him in prayer. But I felt Him in a way, amen. He was wanting to strip us of some things. We need to let go of some things, amen. Hallelujah. Moses said, I'm going outside. I'm going over here. I'm going where it ain't religion. I'm going where it ain't doctrine. I'm going where it ain't formality. I'm going where it's not comfortable. Amen. It's not comfortable. You got a tent. How comfortable is it to pick a tent up and set it down somewhere else? Driving them stakes, erecting those poles. I'm going where it's not easy. I'm going over here. I may have to go by myself. Amen. But I cannot be a part of this because I have to have Him. Amen. I cannot be a part of this because I have to have Him. Oh, it looked good. It was gold. It was shiny. They were dancing. Everybody was having a good time. But God said, I'm not in it. I'm not in it. And I won't go with you guys. And Moses said, and I won't go either. (laughs) I won't go. I'll go over here and I'll put my tent down. But let me tell you, he was all by himself. And everybody just stopped at their tent doors and watched this one man. Just stopped at their tent doors and watched him as he walked past them. My God, this morning the Lord is walking past us. What are we going to do with him? Let's read what Joshua did. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face in relationship. Amen. When he got his tent pitched outside the camp, God began to speak to him in relationship. As, the man, as a man speaks unto his friend, and he turned again unto the camp. But, the, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. <laughs> he departed not out of the tabernacle. He went with Moses and he stayed. <laughs> he stayed. Not everybody's going to follow us like this. Not everybody's going to follow us outside of the camp where it's uncomfortable, where it's not easy, where sometimes you're alone. Amen. But that's where you get relationship. Amen. Not everybody's going to go, but somebody will. (laughs) Somebody will. We've been ordained for somebody this morning. Amen. Is that right? Somebody's going to make it. Somebody's going to be a son of none. Somebody's going to be a Joshua. Amen. Somebody's going to go outside the camp and remain. Hallelujah. That's not just a prayer on Sunday morning from 10.30 to 11 or it might run over. That's a prayer every day, amen, that we find that tabernacle somewhere outside of this little church, somewhere outside of this little service, and we find God face to face, amen. And that way when we come back, we can lead others. We can lead others. I have one more scripture. And I've just felt for the last couple of weeks that Sister Kathy was just so full, amen. And we've been talking about a body ministry her to get ready to come and, and say something or sing or whatever she feels led to do. Amen. But, you know, this is, we all, we add, every one of us. We don't all get to add at the same time. Come on, somebody, is that right? I mean, we don't, we don't all add on the same day, but we all add. What does the book of Acts say? That's what we're trying to get back to, that church. Amen. As needed daily. Hallelujah. As needed daily, glory to God. I want daily increase in my life. I don't want it just once a week. I just don't want it on the Sabbath. I need it daily, glory to God. But if you'll turn with me over to the book of Hebrews, chapter 13. 
We're going to read it, verse 12. <laughs> Hebrews 12, or Hebrews 13 and 12. And the Bible says, Wherefore, Jesus. <laughs> Don't you just love that name? <laughs> oh my God, that's my beloved. I'm betrothed. I'm engaged, glory to God. <laughs> Amen. We can stop right there and just go on forever. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. <laughs> Where did Jesus go whenever the church had gotten so confused? When the Pharisees had turned it into something it wasn't supposed to be, a, 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 a holier-than-thou ministry where they were the only ones who could touch God and they were the only ones that were clean and, and, and they would walk by with their nose up in the air and they'd look down on the, the poor people and, and, and the scribes turned it into merchandising and, and, and they began to sell uh, doves and such in the house of God for, for sacrifices and that wasn't ever what God wanted. God didn't want anything that was bought. He wanted you to love that thing that was offered. Amen. Uh, but what did Jesus do? He did just like Moses. When he saw what the church had become, what the church had turned into in that day, he went outside the camp. He went outside the tabernacle. He went outside the synagogues. And the Bible said he offered up something. Amen. He offered up his blood. He sanctified the people one more time. Glory to God. I want to know who this, this very morning is going to go outside normal religion. Who is going to step outside the four walls. Glory to God. And offer up something holy. Glory to God. Who is going to reach for him one more time in a sanctified way. Glory to God. Who is going to reach for him? Hallelujah! That they might help someone else. Glory to God. When Moses walked outside that congregation and he pinched his tin over here, he wasn't just doing it for himself. Amen. He was doing it for the congregation. Oh my God. He was trying to lead them. They watched him. He didn't sneak out the back door. He walked right through the midst of them. Right through the midst of them with his tent, glory to God. Right through the, and they, the Bible said they all come out and watched him as he went. They stood at their tent door and gazed upon him. I want to tell you this world is looking for somebody who will lead them to Calvary, lead them to a kingdom, lead them to righteousness, lead them to holiness, amen. And Jesus did the same thing. My God, when the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin had turned it into something that it was never meant to be. Jesus marched right outside and he said, you offer me up out here. I'll offer my blood to sanctify my people. My God, this morning, what are we going to do for the Lord? Hallelujah. What are we going to do for the Lord? Can we be that example? Will we dare, amen, to float, be that boat, amen, that floats and doesn't Take on water. Amen. Take on souls. Don't take on water. Take on souls, but don't take on water. When the Titanic went down, there was all kind of people that needed help. There was some, Brother Donald, that they couldn't help. He's already dead. There's some folk, amen, and that's where it hurts me. I want to grab them dead people and I want to do CPR. I can't give up on somebody. It's just in me. I can't give up on somebody. God will have to tear me away from folk sometimes. Tear me away from folk because what's happening is that dead body's pulling me down. And I'm still trying. I'm still trying. And God will have to separate me from folk. But there are some out there that's screaming. 
can feel the weight of it this morning. I can feel the pull of glory. Amen. He's wanting to anoint us this morning to help folk. He's wanting to anoint us this morning. We've worked on us and worked on us and worked on us. Amen. Now it's time, amen, to do something with what He's gave us. Glory to God. Oh, can we reach somebody? Can we reach somebody? I feel the heart of God wanting to reach somebody. Amen. Maybe it's a prayer. Maybe that's where we need to start. It's just get somebody on our heart and begin to intercede for them. Begin to call their name. Begin to reach for them. Amen. And then it may turn into a phone call. Oh, you might want to just call them up on the phone and say, Hey, I have not heard from you in a while. Oh, would you like to go to church with me? Can I be of assistance to you? Can I bring you something? to eat. Can I take you to town? My God, we need to step outside our comfort zone and get over here in the wilderness and begin to put a tent up. Glory to God, where we can talk to the Lord in relationship and see what He's got to say. Because this is how He's going to establish His kingdom is through us. Not through angels. Come on, somebody. It's never been through angels, not on this planet. It's always been through us. It's always been through people. It's always been through uh, vessels that He's called. He's qualified. He's anointed. He's gave you a word. He's gave you uh, the ability. He's gave you the equipment. My God, what are we waiting on? The kingdom of heaven is suffering violence. Where is the violent that's been exercised in the fire? Amen. Where is the violent, glory to God, who's forged their uh, weaponry uh, in the furnace of affliction for such a time as this? Where are we at? Glory to God. We're here. I hear the sound of a trumpet, amen. Can you hear? The Bible says they that have ears to hear, they can hear. I hear the sound of a trumpet. I hear, I hear, I hear regiments taking flank. I hear people beginning to march. Amen. I hear an army rising up in the name of the Lord. Glory to God. Sister Kathy, I want you to come on and get ready. My Lord, does anybody feel what I feel this morning? Glory to God. I cannot go, Sister Cat, into this promised land without Him. It ain't promised to me. I can't. I can't, Lisa. I can't go into this that's been promised to my fathers and my grandfathers. I can't go into this kingdom without Him. Glory to God. It just ain't the kingdom without the King. Amen. It ain't nothing but just another piece of land. It ain't, it ain't nothing but just another burden to bear. I want, I want the kingdom in its fullness. Amen. I want Him. I want Him. I have to have Him. It's all about Him. If it ain't about Him, Sister Kathy, then it's all about me. Do we understand that? I mean, really and truly, do we understand that? That if it's not about Him, Brother Philip, then we've put the focus on us. Hallelujah. And when we put the focus on us, the Lord will take one step back. And He'll say, that glory is yours. That's not mine. But I want Him to be glorified in my life. I want Him to be glorified in my prayers. I want Him to be glorified in my songs. I want Him to be glorified in my, in my walk. Glory to God. In my talk. I, I don't want the world. I've never wanted the world. But I have to have Him. And I don't want to go without Him. Amen. Mr. Kathy, you come on and you lead us in. Further on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have been full. 
for weeks. But right now I feel such a a quietness and a sweetness in the spirit. I'm just going to go ahead and sing this song the best I can for the Lord this morning. He's my heart. Wrong song. <laughs> Give yourself to the Lord. I think it's five, son, but I'm not sure. Give yourself to the Lord this morning. He's here. He's here. He set aside this time just to meet here with you this morning. Coming up the road, there was a song playing, and I love that song. Um, he knows me by name, and it talks about he made the stars, and he made the, the uh, mountains, and he, he knows the sands upon the shore, Sister Deborah. He, he created everything. He knows all about all of that. But he knows me by name. Hallelujah. He can say, Kathy, <laughs> hallelujah. And my ear says, yes, Lord, <laughs> hallelujah. He woke me up twice this past week. I woke up and I was going to go to prayer. And Sister Susie, I thought of you because I couldn't even enter really into prayer before he started talking to me. And I was like, wow, this was different for me because usually I'm running off at the mouth of the Lord. Hallelujah. But he said, w would you talk to me for a minute? Would, would you let me talk to you? And Sister Susie, he had specific things to tell me that was on his mind. He wanted to prepare me, hallelujah, for the week and what was coming at me. And, you know, we have a set of plans and we think we know what's going on. Hallelujah. But God knows what we don't know. Hallelujah. And he said, daughter, now when this happens, this is what I want you to do. And just like clockwork, it fell according to God's plan. Just like clockwork. He, he, he prepared me. He prepared me. Hallelujah. That's the Lord that we serve. That's our beloved. <laughs> How many of you have a husband that's just going to let anything happen to you? Let, let anybody hurt you any way they want to do anything to you without standing up for you and having something to say about it? I might not have a husband, but I know enough about marriage. I've seen enough in my pastor and his wife, hallelujah, to know that a husband's love for his wife don't work that way. My beloved's love for me don't work that way. <laughs> he's got my back. He's got my front. He's got my sides. Hallelujah. If we'll just give him that moment, that time, hallelujah, that part of us to listen, hallelujah, to, to, to be there with him, to be present with him, hallelujah. So many times we just won't even be present with him. He wants to be present with us, but we're too busy we, we got to take care of this thing or that thing or the other thing. Or God forbid, we're just lazy and we just want to be. We just want to sit and have my uh, relaxation time. Hallelujah. My God, we better get a clue what we're missing out on. We're throwing away a relationship that is priceless. It can't be bought. It can't be sold. It can't be earned with your good works. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's got to be one with the heart. Hallelujah. You've got to have a heart for Jesus. He surely has a heart for us this morning. Go ahead, son. Hallelujah. I love you, Lord. Got to give me more on this monitor. Thank you, Jesus. As I walked through the door 
Oh, would you just whisper those sweet nothings to the Lord this morning that mean everything to him? Oh, my beloved, I love you this morning, Lord. Oh, my beloved, I worship you this day, Lord. Hallelujah. Would you tell him, hallelujah, what it means to you that he woke you up this morning? Oh, that he got you out of bed and brought you to his house, that you could enter into his presence this morning. Oh, my God, he's here. He's ever present. He didn't just show up for no reason or because he had nothing else to do, church. He came on assignment for you this morning. Hallelujah. He's here for you this morning. Because he knows you by name. <laughs> oh, and he's trying to prepare people. <laughs> oh, my God, he knows you by name, Sister Deborah. <laughs> oh, if your children throw you away. <laughs> If your brothers and sisters throw you away, oh my God, if your husband throws you away, he knows Deborah intimately and personally this morning. And he'll not throw you away. Can he knows you. He knows you by name this morning. <laughs> he knows your rising ups and he knows your lying downs. <laughs> Hallelujah. He knows you're going out and he knows you're coming in. Hallelujah. Nothing about it escapes his attention today. My God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, Lord, we reverence you this morning. Yay, we reverence you, Lord. My God, Philip Conrad, God knows you by name, son. He's got a design and a purpose for you. And I don't care what goes on between mama and son. I don't care how upset I get with you or you get upset with me. God's got a plan and a purpose for your life. He's got a personal relationship for you. Not on my coattail, baby boy. Not on my coattail. You better seek him while you can find him, baby. Seek God for yourself while you can find him. I know you love the Lord. I'm not saying you don't. I'm trying to encourage you. You can't go on me, baby. You got to go for you. Hallelujah. You got a wife. Hallelujah. Husbands, you got wives you got to be responsible for. You got to teach them. You got to lead them. You got to guide them. My God. Hey. Hey, you take that sweet thing that you love so much, baby boy, by the hand. You take her to prayer every day. And y'all learn together how to approach the throne of grace and how to call on the name of the Lord, not only for your needs, but for your relationship. Hallelujah. Together, your relationship with Him for life is how to live. It's a lifestyle, amen. Hallelujah, my God. I love the Lord this morning. I'm thankful Sister Deborah, he knows me by name. He knows me by name. 
Hallelujah. He knows when I get up in the morning if my day's going to go according to plan or not. <laughs> Hallelujah. He knows if I'm equipped to handle the change in plan. Hallelujah. He knows. He knows, my God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Pastor. Give the man of God a hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't it good to be in the presence of the Lord? Such a sweet, 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 sweet peace and presence of God in this place today. And I thank God for the spirit of prayer that moved in here today. And I want you to go to prayer with me. And let's ask God to give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to understand. Because that's what we need. Amen. How many of y'all know we need spiritual eyes? We need spiritual ears. We need a heart to understand. So those of you will stand with me and let's go to prayer. And, and I mean ask God because I'm going to tell you something. I'm fixing to break into something today that the Lord spoke to me in Fort Payne yesterday and I preached in Fort Payne. And we had a dynamic service. God gave me the missing piece to possess this kingdom yesterday morning. Yesterday morning prayer, Sister Cat. God gave me the missing piece of how to possess this kingdom. It's good to see you, son. Good to see you, young lady. Good to see you, buddy. This word, people in Fort Payne heard the first part of it. I ain't got in the depth of this thing yet because I ain't had time to study it out. We're going somewhere today. We're going. I'm going to show you what's been missing. Not just to possess the kingdom, but what's been missing in people's lives for years. Because there's something been missing. Something been missing. Amen. I said something been missing. And people know something's been missing. Amen. God's going to show us today. And man, when the Lord spoke to me on my knees yesterday morning, I heard that voice of the Lord and He spoke in me. I, I stopped and I said, do what? And I meditated on it and I heard it again. And I said, do what? And then I meditated on it, and God just started opening it up to me. And the Scripture started rolling. And that Word started flooding my soul. I said, oh, my God. Hallelujah. So we truly need. Because on the 24th of December, God, spoke, God took me out in the Spirit, and I saw a darkness settle down on people. That's why people are making crazy decisions. That's why leaders of this world are making crazy decisions. And, and spiritual leaders don't know where to go. Their people don't know where to go right now spiritually. They don't know what to do. Why? A darkness. In, in the Bible, the Lord brought that scripture in Isaiah 60 to me. It don't say a darkness shall cover the earth. It says the darkness. There's a darkness. Y'all hear me? There's a darkness on people. There is. There's a darkness on people. And it's covered the earth, but there's a gross darkness covered people. And then on the 26th of December, I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me. And I may have already touched on this up here, but I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me. The tribe, the lion of the tribe of Judah shall now roar. And I've seen just devastating judgment hit the world. And God's starting to, the Lord told me this week, He said, I'm, I'm starting to deal with rebellion in my people. People won't go to church that know to. People won't serve God.
people want to serve God their own way. The Lord told me, he said, he said I'm fixing to deal with rebellion. Because I'm going to tell you in Ezekiel, he spoke, and he said, I'm going to take the rebels out of my kingdom. There ain't going to be nobody in this kingdom going to rebel against God's word. But yesterday morning, on my knees, the Lord spoke to me. And you'll ask God to give you ears to hear. Son, if you'll hear this word, it'll change your life. It'll, cha it'll change all your lives. I'm telling you, if you'll hear this word, it'll change your life. That's what put that spirit of prayer in you this morning. That word that fell yesterday. Hallelujah. Will you go to prayer with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, give us, O oh Lord, eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. And give us a heart to understand what the Spirit is speaking to the church. Lord, if there's ever been a time we need the scales taken from our eyes, when we need, Lord, You to open our ears and give us understanding, take that spiritual scalpel today, Lord, and cut this hardness away from the hearts of Your people. And give us understanding, Father, of your word and the depths and the working of your spirit that that very name of Jesus can be honored and glorified we praise you Father and we magnify you we ask your will be done in this church in this service in Jesus name Amen Hallelujah y'all go ahead and be seated and I'm going to start out and I'm going to go to very all these scriptures I'm going to read, they're going to be very familiar to you. And then when I get into them, start breaking them down. Y'all going to have to hang with me. I want you to go with me to Matthew, the third chapter. Y'all going to think by these scriptures I'm reading, I'm going to preach what you've heard all your life, but I ain't. <laughs> Y'all with me in Matthew 3? Let's go to verse 11. I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner but he will burn up the shaft with unquenchable fire. John, the shaft is the flesh. He fixes to separate. He's going to burn his flesh up. Hallelujah. Let me check a scripture real quick before I go anywhere else. But I'm fixing to go to... Acts, the first chapter, but I want to check something here. Hallelujah. All right, let's go to Acts, the first chapter. Let's do the eighth verse. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. 
And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts the tenth chapter, verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. They of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that they should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Acts 19, first verse. It came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. Finding certain disciples, he said, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And he said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what? Then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him that should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul has laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied, and all the men were about twelve. Now, I know all those are familiar scriptures, very familiar. I was raised in this. You was raised in this. We was raised in the Holy Ghost, in the tongues, in the power, in the gifts, in the anointing, in the working of the Spirit. And I've walked in it for 44 years since I gave my life to God when I was 19. 44 years I've walked in this. I've had healings. I've had deliverance. I got all nine gifts of the Spirit. I fasted to the point of death. I prayed. I've sought God. I preached the gospel all over the world. But there's one thing I've never found. There's one thing I've never found and I've never been able to get that victory over and that's this carnal mind. And that's this flesh. I've never been able. I've always had to fight it. Every one of us has always had to fight this sin nature. We've always had to fight carnality. We've always had to push back uh, and press against the lust of the flesh and pray uh, and seek God. Uh, oh, uh, uh, do I love God? Yes. Do I practice sin? No. Uh, do I believe in living righteous and holy? Uh, yes, I do and all of us do. Uh, and, and I've searched books uh, and I've searched the lives of men of God down through histories uh, and I've read all the great revivals uh, from the day of Pentecost to Azusa Street uh, and it still never give me the answer uh, to conquer this sin nature, uh, to come to the place uh, that this body of sin uh, can be destroyed uh, until yesterday morning. Hallelujah. Romans the sixth chapter. I'm going to the very first verse. We're going to have a good time today. 
You know why? The Spirit of the Lord is here. He's going to do just what you said, Susie. He's fixing to speak to the heart of the people. But you've got to have a spiritual ear to hear what I'm saying. You've got to have a spiritual heart, and you've got to have spiritual eyes. When the Lord told me that fog was on people, he said, if your vision be single, if your eye, which is your vision, be single or clear, have you ever had trouble with your eyes and couldn't see clear? Or, or you saw double or you couldn't see afar off or close up? I, he said, if your vision be if your eye be single, I, that means your vision is clear. I said, but if your eye be uh, darkness uh, he said then great is the darkness that's in you and in Luke he said let no part of what you see be darkness no part at all uh, hallelujah and everybody uh, they preached they prophesied uh, we've served God uh, you've served God young man but there's always been something we could not crucify that sin nature uh, we couldn't crucify it uh, hallelujah but God gave me the key uh, God gave me the key God gave me the answer. Hallelujah. Better look out, devil. Better hunt you a hole, Satan. I'm tired of this anger. I'm tired of this upsetness. I'm tired of the vexation of my spirit. I'm tired of seeking God and fasting and praying and getting this flesh put down and then go back to eating and he bounces right back. I, you know what I'm talking about every one of you do I, we've not been able to kill him I, we can subdue him for a while I, but he like that jack in the box get about three or four cranks of that handle and here he comes I, hallelujah let somebody I, I mess with your kids or mess I, my God there comes your anger I, there comes your mama bear hackles I, there comes that fight and you decide you want to get in and get even I, you want to right to right and wrong the wrong I, Hallelujah. But God, and we've been taught because we've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. We've experienced tongues. Some of us have felt the fire of the Spirit. We've been taught we had it. But we never could do it. Never could conquer this old sin nature. Not that we went out and practiced sin. But the carnal man was still alive. Still alive. This old carnal man still fights against the things of God. The flesh, lust is to envy. The spirit warts against the flesh and the flesh against the spirit. Hallelujah. Y'all with me in Romans 6? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? See, what we've been taught and what we've had has never made us dead to sin. It has never brought in the power to kill sin. It has never made us dead to sin. That, that sorry rascal has always lurked under the surface like a shark. He's always come under the surface and then he'd, he'd surface and attack. He's always been right there. But Paul is saying here, how shall we that are dead to sin? We can't, if you're dead to sin, you can't live in sin. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? So there has to be an answer. There's got to be something that God can reveal to us. My God, that's going to bring us to that place Paul was talking about here. Know ye not that so many of us 
as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into His death. This ain't talking about water baptism. Water baptism ain't never killed your flesh. Not unless they held you under you quit breathing. Now, we can put us all to death. If we want to hold us under till we quit breathing, you ain't going to worry about sin then. Listen. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him or put to death with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Every one of us believe those scriptures. We believe them. We believe them scriptures. But what does that mean, being planted in the likeness of his death? What does it mean to be raised up in the newness of his resurrection? The church has preached it up there. We don't need it up there. We need it down here. We need it down here. Now go with me to Philippians 3. Ooh, Lordy, help me, Jesus. Man, I got so excited yesterday, and I'm still excited. Man, this thing has set my soul on fire. And I didn't get to put all in these notes I wanted to put in because uh, we didn't get in until 9 o'clock last night. But I worked on it last night and I got up and worked on it this morning. Now listen, we're going to uh, Philippians 3 and verse 10. Paul said that I may know him. Paul had a desire to come to an understanding and a relationship in God that this church ain't never touched. They don't know nothing about. Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. There is a power of the resurrected Christ, the fullness of God, that we know nothing about. We've never had it. We've never touched it. We've never tasted of it. But Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made. Now listen to this. Being made conformable unto his death. What does that mean? How are you going to be made conformable unto his death? How are you going to experience what he experienced in death? How are you going to experience what his soul experienced when he went into the pits of hell? Not as a victor, but he took on our sins and became sin for us and went to hell and paid for our sins. He suffered the torments of hell. The pangs of death get hold of him. The sorrows of hell compassed him. How I mean that word conformable to means to become as he became in his death. How are we going to do this? How is this going to happen? We've been taught we got the Holy Ghost. We got power over sin. We got power. Are you hearing me? But it's never manifested. The power to conquer sin and the carnality and the flesh has never manifested itself. Can I get an amen? amen. To yesterday morning on my knees, I was praying. And I heard that small, still voice of the Lord. He said, the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire, he said, is different from the baptism 
of being baptized into his death. How? I said, huh? Do what? He said, the baptism of the Holy Ghost in tongues of fire is a different baptism than the baptism of being baptized into his death. I said, whoa! That thing began to come alive in me. Tell me, you've reached the place you can conquer this sin nature. Tell me this body of sin has been destroyed in you and I'll sit down and let you have this microphone. Tell me that we've got what it takes to overcome sin in this carnal mind. You tell me. Oh, no, we don't. But we're fixing to. Because you know what's fixing to happen? There's coming a baptism of his death. There's coming a baptism. But see, people have been looking for the latter rain of the Holy Ghost. Just like the former. We put God in the Holy Ghost box. He's a shout. He's a dance. He's a tongue. He's a prophecy. He's the working of the gifts of the Spirit. That ain't what God told me. He said, this thing going to come and baptize my people. And it's going to settle down into them. And a power is going to enter into them and consume them. It ain't going to be tongues. It ain't going to be a shout. It ain't going to be what we classify the Holy Ghost. He said, I'm going to baptize you into my knowledge and into my understanding and everything I experienced in my death. You're going to get it. Everything I possessed, you're going to be created in new knowledge. <laughs> oh, yeah, you are. Oh, yeah, you are. Colossians 3, verse 10. Let's just go back up to, let me, let me get to it here. Hallelujah. Verse 8, Colossians 3. But now ye also put off all these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouths. Lie not one to another, seeing that we have put off the old man with his deeds. We've tried. Have we not? We've tried to put him off, but he keeps cropping back up. Knock that rascal in the head. And here he comes again. Fast to you. About dead. Eat. Here he comes again. Fasting and prayer hadn't done it. Trying to live clean hadn't done it. Trying to keep the right spirit hadn't done it. Holding your peace hadn't done it. Brawling your tongue hadn't done it. Going to church hadn't done it. Hallelujah. Getting revelations from God hadn't done it. I mean, my God, since since last July, I've had great revelations from God. On July the 13th, I stood on the precipice of the universe and saw the planets out of order. And God put them back in order and spoke to me and gave me a revelation of some things. 
Are you hearing me? I've had great revelations in the last six months. It has not killed the carnal man. It has not destroyed this body of sin. Because every time I turn around, here he comes. That means there's got to be a baptism. It's going to baptize us into his death. Going to baptize us into his death. And going to destroy this body of sin. Woo. Verse 10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. See, we don't have the knowledge of his death. You can't be made conformable to his death unless you understand his death. Are y'all hearing me? You won't never understand. You won't never understand this right here in Psalms 18 and 4. Cut that heater back if you don't mind. The sorrows of death compassed uh, me and the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. We ain't ever experienced this. We, we don't know what this means. We know what it means when we read it. Uh, or Psalms 116, the sorrows of death compass me uh, and, the, and the pains of hell uh, get hold of me. Uh, this is what happened to the soul of Jesus. Uh, the pains of hell get hold of him. Uh, the, the, the sorrows of ungodly man uh, surrounded him and get hold of him. Uh, and for two days and nights, uh, he suffered the horrors of hell. Uh, the church teaches all. Uh, he hung on the cross. His spirit went to hell and he preached a great revival. When is everybody, anybody ever got a get out of hell free card? Church has taught you wrong. You're like they've taught people wrong in a lot of things. Jesus suffered the horrors of hell and for two days and two nights going into the morning of that third day he had paid for every sin he had paid for every sin under the blood he had paid for every sin rolled forward under the law and he had defeated that last demon and when he did the power of God entered into him and he was reborn why because when a soul goes to hell it dies he was reborn he right there sister Kathy was born again he was born again hallelujah and he stood up and he walked to the devil and he looked him right in the eye and the devil says oh my God what's going on this man that I thought I defeated that we were tormenting that we were vexing that we were aggravating he now stood before him as a victor and he said put him right there buddy old boy put him right there he said what he said I want the keys of hell and death. I, I paid for them. I, hallelujah. And I've been birthed out of hell. I, I've conquered you. I, I've destroyed your power. I, now give me the keys I, of hell and death. How do you think he got them? Just went down there and took them away from the devil. No, he paid for them. He paid for them. When he paid for them, he was resurrected. That's the reason it says he's the first begotten of the dead. The firstborn among many brethren. There's many of us fixing to be born again with what's in him. Hallelujah. And when he resurrected, there's eight people in the Bible that was raised from the dead. Every one of them was raised carnal, corruptible, and mortal. 
when Jesus was resurrected uh, he was no longer corruptible he was incorruptible uh, he was no longer mortal he was immortal uh, he was no longer carnal uh, the carnal man didn't have any effect over him uh, anymore he had conquered death uh, he had conquered hell uh, he had conquered the sin nature uh, he didn't only conquer it he destroyed it uh, are you hearing me uh, he destroyed it and he said now uh, I'm sending back a baptism uh, not the baptism of the Holy Ghost uh, and tongues of fire that you're going to operate in uh, and you're going to preach and be used to me uh, but I'm sending back a baptism uh, that is going to destroy uh, the body of sin it's going to kill it sin nature's going to die Woo-hoo. y'all with me told you you're going to have to have spiritual ears to hear this Oh, church will fight this. Church will fight this. <laughs> Go back to Romans. Go to Romans 7 with me. My God, I'm a burning up. Woo-wee. I'll take every one of you to where you've been. How many of y'all believe Paul was one of the, the greatest apostles ever lived to one of them? I do. Y'all believe he had a deep experience in God? He said, he said I was caught up to the third heaven. <laughs> I went up to the paradise of God. <laughs> he said, I saw things that ain't even lawful for a man to utter. <laughs> but in, in, in Romans 7, and this way you can write this down, the Lord told me Romans 6, 7, and 8 is the baptism into his death. That's <laughs> what the Lord told me. It'll explain it. It'll open your understanding to it. But listen in, in verse 15. For that which I do... I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. Any of y'all ever been there? (laughs) More times than you care to count. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. In other words, that sin nature still there. Even Paul hadn't conquered it at that time. Man, I have read this and read this, and I said, ain't no way Paul could have had the Holy Ghost and been writing this because when you got the Spirit of Christ, or you got the Holy Ghost, you're supposed to have what it takes to overcome sin. But Paul said, the things that I would not, that's what I do. The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing them. The things that I hate, I do. The things that I want to do, I can't find out how to do it. Am I making sense to y'all? And he said, then I find out that it's no more I that do it. He said, but that sin nature still in here. They ain't never been killed. They ain't never been crucified. They ain't never been put to death. Oh, I've hogged like that rascal. I've strangled him. I've bridled him down. Paul said, I buffeted my body. I'm in prayer without ceasing. I'm in fastings often, prayer without ceasing. He said, I've suffered stripes. I've suffered stonings. I've suffered shipwrecks. He said, I've been all through all uh, these persecutions, these afflictions for the gospel. And he said, that old sorry rascal's still alive. For I know... 
that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find it not. Am I making sense to y'all today? I can't find how to do this. What I want to do, I can't find the will to perform it. The holiness and righteousness of my Lord and Savior that I know lives in Him, I can't find that will to perform that which is good. I want to. Don't we? But we ain't found it. We've been taught we had it. (laughs) And y'all been taught you had it? You know, people have actually left church because they couldn't conquer the sin in their flesh because they've been taught they had it. Been taught, been preached to them. You got the Holy Ghost. You got what it takes to overcome sin. The Holy Ghost and the fire and the tongues, that is what operates the ministry. That's what operates. This is totally different what I'm preaching. And there's coming a baptism. It ain't far off. It's going to put this body of sin to death. You are no longer going to serve sin. That carnal mind is fixing to die. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And as long as that carnal mind is in you, you're going to walk in death. As long as that carnal mind is there, you are going to walk in death. And the only thing that's going to put him to death is going to be the baptism of his death. That's going to take you into his natural death and his spiritual death and then going to raise you in the power of his resurrection. Because when he arose, the sin nature wasn't there. Right? You say, can we actually get there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But we ain't been taught we can. We've been taught we already got it. But we never could conquer it. We never could manifest it. It never would reveal itself. Oh, we've, we've, I ain't saying we just went out and sinned. But how many times you had to battle your carnal man? How many times you had to battle your carnal mind? How many times have I talked to you and you told me you ready to go whip somebody? <laughs> Reason like a counsel you on it, Sister Susie? I've been there. I've been ready to grab somebody by the nap of the neck and say, let me and you just step outside. I'll lay my salvation over here. And we'll go outside. And we'll settle this thing like men. You can't lay your relationship with God aside. No, you can't. We just got to suffer the wrong, grit our teeth, go to prayer, get in prayer and scream at God, what's wrong? Why am I dealing with these things? Man, I've wrestled forces and powers of the mind I thought I crucified 20 years ago. You know why the devil's throwing everything at you but the kitchen sink? You better duck. It's coming next. Because he's trying to stop the revealing of the kingdom of God. He's trying to stop this kingdom from coming. 
And this is the one thing that has hindered more people, caused more people to give up, quit, be discouraged, back up, say it can't be lived because it's never been revealed that the baptism into his death is a total separate baptism than the Holy Ghost in tongues of fire, the Holy Ghost that works the gifts. You say, Brother Matter, it can't be separate. Well, let me put it like this. It's a different manifestation and a different level. And we never had it. It's never been revealed to us. Paul saw it. Paul started writing about it. And I don't know how much of it Paul ever possessed. But he knew we could get it. Y'all still with me? For the good that I would do. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Does that sound like somebody that's had a great experience in God and got the Holy Ghost? I've read this for years. Brother Isaac, I said, God, how can Paul write this and have had the Holy Ghost and had the depths of God he had? It's like he didn't even have the Holy Ghost. And I've, I, I've told myself, I said, ain't no way Paul could have had the Holy Ghost and wrote this. Because he said, the good I want to do, I can't find out how to do it, but I turn around and do evil. <laughs> now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. That was Paul's delight. That was Paul's joy. That's where Paul concentrated. That's where he prayed. That's where he sought God. That's what he studied. That's what he preached. He preached that law of God after the inward man. Because he knew it was right. He knew it was real. But he fought this battle that you fight. He fought this same battle with a carnal mind. He fought this same battle with the lust of the flesh. Are you hearing me? And I got news for you. Jesus fought the same thing. Because he was a man. And that's why the Bible said he was tempted in all points. Like as we are yet he didn't give in to it. He had something in him he wouldn't yield to sin. Maybe he knew what he was. He knew from the time he was a boy he was called and chosen to be that sin sacrifice. And he just wouldn't yield to sin but he still fought the vexation of it. He still was tempted with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. That's what's in the world. John, John, 1 John 2 and I think like 16 says all that is in the world is the lust to the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. But Jesus said in John 16, in the world you're going to have tribulation. In me you're going to have peace, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He overcome it, Brother Isaac. And we can. But we ain't been taught how to do it. We've been taught we got it already. Well, mine ain't showed up in 44 years. Has yours? <laughs> but this baptism that's going to baptize us into his death it's at the door. That's the reason the Lord just keeps telling us, hold on. Don't get discouraged. Don't give up. Don't back up. 
See, all we've done is tried to occupy. We've, we've had good church. We've had good singing. We've shouted. We've praised God. We've talked in tongues. We've danced. We've run the aisles. We got drunk. We've prophesied. We've been used to the Holy Ghost. We've had healings. We've had miracles. We've had deliverance and come to ourselves. And the carnal man is right there. Right there. <laughs> he don't sleep. You wake up in the morning, he sit on your bedpost like a vulture. Ready to come after you. They're waiting for you to die. <laughs> Sitting there like a big old vulture. He's waiting to take you out. And people wrestle this thing. They go talk to people. I can't get victory over this. But you got the Holy Ghost. Well, if you got victory over it, and they lie to you and say, yeah. <laughs> no, they don't. If y'all don't get excited about this, I don't know what will excite you. Because, man, there's something moving in me. You know why? I'm fixing to get baptized into his death. I've been talking about this for four years now. I went back. My wife went back and looked at some of my notes. I've been preaching this since 2011. I've been touching on this. But I've never seen this. I've never seen this. I've never seen the separation. Because I've got an earnest of the Holy Ghost. So do most of y'all. You've got an earnest of the Spirit. You've got tongues. You felt the fire of God. God's used you, anointed you. You preached. You prophesied. You've been used in the nine gifts of the Spirit. But yet, something's still right there. When you would do good, evil, even when you're preaching sometimes, that enemy will jump up in your face and try to vex and aggravate you. You go lay hands on the sick and manifest them gifts of healing and the devil will say, uh-huh, how's that going to work? I saw your anger the other day. <laughs> or has that just happened to me? <laughs> so here we are. January the 3rd, 2016. We know we need a move of God. We know we got to have something. God told me at the 1st of December, he said, you go to Fort Payne the last three days of the year, or two days of the year, and the first two days of January. He said, I'm going to give you direction. The direction for the body of Christ in 2016 is seek for the baptism of his death. Seek for the baptism of his death. You can go ahead and have good church. You can do all the singing, shouting, prophesying, talking in tongues. You can lay hands on the sick. God can do great miracles. But until we get to that place that he can baptize us into his death and we come to the knowledge and the understanding are renewed in the knowledge after him that created him till we come to that knowledge and are made conformable unto his death we ain't going nowhere in the spirit we're just going to keep going around because it's been since the day of Pentecost Azusa Street didn't change it Smith Wigglesworth was a great man he prayed, he fasted he had great miracles, he even raised the dead but the carnal man in him was not killed the carnal man and none of these great men of God it didn't happen in Paul it didn't happen in Peter because here Paul is writing about it here Paul is writing about it are you hearing me and he's saying we 
we got to be baptized into his death. As many as us are baptized into Christ, Galatians 3.27 says, have put on Christ. I don't think we put on Christ yet. I ain't trying to be a wet blanket. I'm just trying to show people where they're at and quit living in a fantasy world. Quit telling yourself you got victory over something you don't have victory over. Quit telling yourself that you can conquer something you ain't got the power to conquer. But Brother Metter, I got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Devil's standing there laughing at you because he can talk in tongues right back to you. He can talk in tongues right back to you. Well, I just need to go on the fast. Go ahead. I believe it was 97. I felt led to fast. I fasted about 10, 12 days and my hunger started kicking up. Any y'all ever been there? Well, whatever. <laughs> you fasted and your hunger started kicking up. So I told the Lord, I said, I ain't fasting like this. I said, if you want me to fast, you're going to take my hunger. You don't take my hunger. It ain't going to be very long. I'm going to eat. I think I want a couple more days. And about 2.30 one morning, I was wrestling my hunger. And I just reached up in the cabin and got me one of them big old cans of cream of chicken soup and opened it up. Dumped it out in the bowl, put it in the microwave, sat down, prayed over it. And I said, Lord, I thought you wanted me to go on a fast. I said, but I done told you I ain't going to fast and fight hunger. I ain't doing it. You want me to fast, you take my hunger away. Lord said, you want to fast? He said, I'll put a 40-day on you. I'll take you hunger and let you fast 40 days. He said, but when you come out of that 40 days and eat, he said, it ain't going to be but a couple of weeks. It's going to be just as carnal as you are right now. Your carnal man, your flesh man is going to be just as alive as it is right now. He said, what about the other 10 months out of the year? He said, you've got to learn to daily relationship and daily learn to crucify this flesh and this carnal man you got to learn daily to take up your cross and follow me you got to learn daily how to live in a relationship with me and that's when I started living in that daily prayer and that you know striving to still ain't got it like I want it you said well that was 97 tell me you got your relationship with God like you want it no you don't no you don't Come to your church and preach on the family altar. One of the last messages I preached up there, I think, in April of 2013. Preached on the family altar. Taught, preached on it solid for two years, trying to get people to have a family altar, get in a family time. You've got to have your alone time with God, but you get your family together and pray with your family, it makes a difference. It sets an atmosphere of God in your home. Most people claim to love God and go to church and have the Holy Ghost. There ain't one lick of nothing in their home about God. It's just aggravation, vexation, fussing, fighting, television, computer, Facebook, everything carnal, everything of the flesh. And you think you're going to come out of that and come into the house of God and the glory of God's going to come down and change you? you deceiving yourself. And I preach it and I've tried to get people to change. I've tried to get myself to change. But I'm going to tell you something, that family altar is one of the hardest things to do. Brother Michael Harris pastors our church in Alabama now. He come in, he told me, he said, Pastor, he said, you would think just getting down beside your wife 30 minutes or an hour a day, said you think that would be one of the easiest things to do. He said it's one of the hardest things I've had to fight to get done. I said, you know why? The devil don't want it. He don't want that unity. 
He don't want that spirit of prayer. He don't want that spirit of God in your house. He don't want that conflict out from between you. He wants you to stay upset at one another. He wants you to stay vexed. He wants you to stay aggravated. He said he wants your old carnal. I said he wants your old carnal man tore up, stirred up, ready to fight. Life just has problems. If you don't address them in prayer. Buddy, we've been through some pressure this last year. Especially her. Because December 8, 2014, I like to die. I mean, I come close to death. Spirit of death manifested itself in my living room trying to take my life. I know God was in control. But when you go through a trial, the devil will try to get in. And hinder what God wants to work in you. And he, he can even get in if you don't learn to oppose him and don't learn to stand against him. He can get in cause of great hardship. And for about 30 minutes, that spirit of death manifested itself in my living room. I was out of it. I didn't know. But my wife was on the phone. The Lord told her to call another preacher. And he told her what was going on. And when he told her, she seen that thing manifest itself. And she stood against that spirit of death for about 30 minutes and prayed for me. And, and stood in it. But see... All that. And then her daddy got sick. And she'd been through pressure, 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 pressure. Has it worked something in her? Yeah. It's walked a great patience in her. It's working a great spirit of God in her. She stepped up, ministered to a lady the other night in Fort Payne. Man, I mean, God just blowed things out of the water. I mean, I was standing there ministering to him as husband and wife. Next thing I know, I felt something brush by my shoulder. She went, boom, put her hands on that woman. <laughs> and I... So she brushed by me and laid hands on that woman. I just backed up about four steps, let her go, because I knew it was the Spirit of God. She come to herself later, and she said, I walked to the back of the church after I got through. She said, I stand there trying to figure out who I prayed for, what I said, and what I'd done. Because the Spirit of God took her over. When this kind of anointing takes you over, you don't worry about getting in the flesh. You don't worry about failing. You don't worry about messing up. But here... Paul's saying, everything I try to do, sin dwelleth in me. Sin dwelleth. We can't keep going like this. Ain't no sin going to enter in this kingdom. <laughs> Manifest or unmanifest, it ain't going in this kingdom. This kingdom going to be revealed right here on this earth. It ain't up there. It's right here. The kingdom of God's where? Within men. Within men. And the reason I elaborated on what Jesus went through and the reason I preached this as part of this kingdom and preach him a man, you got to understand, he was fought just like you was fought. He conquered just like you conquered. And when it says that you will be made conformable unto his death, you will be planted in the likeness of his death, you've got to know what he went through. Because when this stuff starts unveiling in your knowledge and you don't understand what he went through, you're going to think some kind of demon's tormenting you. You're going to think some kind of spirit of hell's got a hold of your mind. When you start seeing and, and come to understand how he was tormented, the vexation he went through, how the very pangs of death, he said the pangs of hell and death, they got hold of me. They had a hold of him. His soul was not coming out of hell. Why his soul had died. Are y'all hearing me? His very soul had died. And for him to come out of hell, he had to be birthed. He had to be begotten. He had to be born. That's why the word said he was the first begotten from the dead. Not natural death, spiritual death. There was eight or nine people raised from the dead, the natural dead, before this ever happened to Jesus. Y'all hearing me? He had to be birthed. 
He had to be birthed. And when he was birthed, the Lord spoke to him and said, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. You don't believe I know what I'm talking about? Write down Acts 13 and read 33, 34, and 35. <laughs> Write it down. And, and not now, but go read it. After church. And it'll tell you that when he raised him from the dead, he said, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten. A begotten son of God is a birth son of God. It's a born son of God. When you're begotten, you're birthed. When you're begotten, you're brought forth. He brought him forth. He brought him forth. And you've got to know this. You've got to understand this. Because when you're baptized into his death, you want to receive what, he, what he's uh, given you. You've got to understand his death. You're going to be made conformable unto his death. Paul said that I might know him in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead, that power of the fullness of God dwelling in Christ. You hear me? He didn't have it. But when he ascended, put his blood on the mercy seat and then descended, he told his disciples, he said, all power in heaven and earth, right here. I'm God in the flesh now. <laughs> I'm God in the flesh now. It pleased the Father that the fullness of the Godhead would dwell bodily. Where? Christ Jesus. <laughs> but see, church don't preach this. They just preach good messages. People battling sin, battling tormenting spirits, battling vexation of soul, and all the church is doing preaching good messages. Telling you got the Holy Ghost because you can talk in tongues. Your tongues won't do this. Your tongues won't kill your sin nature. Your tongues won't kill your carnal man. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Feeling the Spirit of God run up and down your soul like hook-a-duties. Goosebumps, elephant bumps, whatever you get. It ain't going to kill your carnal man. The only thing that's going to kill your carnal man, you are going to be baptized into his death. And the power over carnality that he gained is going to come in it's going to live in here. It ain't going to come in a shout. It ain't going to come in and talk in tongues. It ain't going to come in in the working of the gifts of the Spirit. It's just going to ease down in you and soak up inside of you. And you're going to put on that nature of Christ. You're going to put him on. You're going to put him on. You're going to put on his nature. You're going to put on his mind. Let this mind that was in Christ Jesus beware also in you. We ain't never been able to do it. Why? We ain't never been baptized into his death. We ain't never been baptized into his death. We have never been baptized into his death. And Paul went on and talked about this. And he, he, he said, with my mind, I serve the law of God. But if I let this sin nature get loose, this sin nature is going to serve the flesh. It's got to be killed. The body of sin has to be destroyed. Because as long as this carnal man's alive, you're going to be tempted to sin. You're going to be tempted to mess up. You're going to be tempted to do something wrong. It's a different baptism than the baptism of the Holy Ghost in tongues of fire. This is a complete different baptism. Completely different manifestation. Completely different working of the Spirit. This don't have nothing to do with the tongues, with the operation of the gifts, with the shout. With the This don't have nothing to do with that. This brings in the mind and nature of the Christ. 
that he gained at his resurrection. Not before his death, burial, and resurrection. After his death, burial, and resurrection. This baptism brings that in. And the church ain't never had it. They ain't never seen it. They ain't never sought for it. And you ain't never heard nobody preach it like this. <laughs> Why? God just revealed it. Because it's for our generation. The early church didn't have this. Paul didn't have it. He may have got it later. But when he was writing this, he didn't have it. He didn't have it. Or he was giving us understanding of what we was dealing with because we didn't have it. I believe Paul come to a measure of it. I don't think he come to the fullness of it, but I believe he come to a measure of it. Because in Galatians 2, he said, The life that I now live in the flesh is not I that live, but it is the Christ that liveth in me. We've confessed Christ in us. Everybody's run around and hollered for years. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay, where is he? Where is he? Where is Christ? I ain't talking about Jesus. There's a difference between the man Jesus and the Christ. Because that man Jesus became the Christ. Therefore, all the knowledge of the man and all the power of the Spirit are wrapped up in that Christ. The humanity of the man. The knowledge of every demon. The knowledge of every trial, every tribulation, how to cast out every devil, every persecution he went through, the knowledge of how to walk through it, plus the full power of the resurrected power of Christ lives in him. And we fix and get that spirit. We fix and get that spirit. But you ain't going to get this preached to you just anywhere. That's why God put it in me. And that's why God sent me up here. To reveal this revelation. To get people prepared for the kingdom of God. When Brother Michael Harris, our pastor, was in prayer. I, I think it was what, Friday? Was it Friday? Evening. The Lord spoke to him in prayer. And he didn't even know what the Lord meant. And he started asking Sister Kathy. Because Sister Kathy is a nurse. He said, the Lord told me. He said, my people are breach. <laughs> A baby that's breached can't be birthed real easy. And I feel sorry for the baby and the woman that tries to birth a breached baby. My son was breached two weeks before he was born. And I prayed for Lisa and he turned. <laughs> and the Lord said, my people are breached. They're not in the position to birth. God's got to turn us. God's got to turn us. See, all our focus. I know how he's raised, Brother Isaac. I've known you since he's knee-high to a caterpillar. I've known you since you've been in diapers, young man. And you've been in my meetings all your, and all your life. And you know God's real in my life. But see, our focus has been Holy Ghost, tongues, power, gifts, miracles. And we've never been taught to seek for the baptism of his death. They've been taught to seek for it. You hearing me, Brother Philip? Am I making sense to you, son? Y'all understanding this? Most of the people at Fort Payne got this yesterday. 
But when I said there's a difference between the baptism of the Holy Ghost and being baptized into his death, you could have heard a pin drop on the carpet. Just like it did here today. Huh? There's a what? There's a difference. Because we've never been baptized into his death. It's not been for any other generation but us. Because, see, the latter rain is the fullness of the Christ dwelling in here. And the fullness of the Christ baptizes us into his death that we can be made partakers of the divine nature. We've got gifts. We've got tongues. <laughs> We've got power over demons if we get the place that it will manifest itself in us. All that, but we've never... We've never sought for this. We've never seen this. We thought it was the same. Ain't the same. Ain't the same. Same spirit. Different manifestation. Different depth. Oh, brother, there ain't but one spirit of God. I beg your pardon. The Bible said there's seven. <laughs> now, what you going to do with that? When it's in that black and white printed word, there ain't much you can do with it. <laughs> Brother Better, there ain't but one baptism. There's different manifestations. One baptism works in different offices and different administrations to operate the gifts. Bible teaches that in 1 Corinthians 12. This is a level. How many of y'all know God's been telling us He's going to take us to another level? Has God not been telling us that? Well, He just did. <laughs> he just took you to another level. You just took a big old step up. You just took a big old step up. Study Romans 6. Get over there where Paul talks about this body of sin being destroyed and you shall no longer serve sin. Because I don't care who you are, as long as sin dwells in your body, there's spirits that can take you captive at their will. You can be doing fine. That thing launch on you and lock on you. Next thing you know, you're doing things you don't want to do, and you don't have no power to stop it. Am I right? You ought to thank God for this word today. Y'all thank God you got a preacher that's willing to suffer the persecution that's going to come off this word. Because church ain't going to receive this. Yeah, there he goes again. <laughs> He's at it again. <laughs> Thinks he got a revelation ain't nobody got. Well, maybe this time I do. <laughs> I'm just messing with y'all. But I do know when God speaks to me and God has spoke to me. And this, if you, if you understand, if you got the Spirit of Christ, this is bearing witness with you. It's bearing witness in you. It's bearing witness in you. Because, see, if I got the Spirit of Christ and you got the Spirit of Christ and I'm preaching the truth, it's going to bear witness in you. Because the Spirit of Christ in me ain't going to tell me one thing, Spirit of Christ in you ain't going to tell you another, and we ain't going to collide. And I collide with too many preachers. What is it? We don't want to get out of our comfort zone. We want good church. 
Good church feels good. Folks comfortable with good church. But it doesn't change the fact that that sin nature is still there. And this will put it to death. This is the key. This is one of the keys to the kingdom. Amen. How many of y'all believe this is a big key to the kingdom? Jesus told Peter, he said, I'll give you keys to the kingdom. I believe this is one of the big keys. I don't know how many more there are, but I believe this is a big one. And if we'll take 2016 to seek to be baptized into his death, I don't believe it'll be very long God will start baptizing us. Because I told people two or three years ago, you know, you, you, everything can be fine, and something will happen, all of a sudden your carnal mind kicks in. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I told people two or three years ago, I said, I started rebuking my carnal mind. When I said that, people looked at me like I was crazy. I said, you rebuke the devil, you rebuke sickness, you rebuke disease, you rebuke problems. I said, won't you start rebuking your carnal mind? Oh. Now that makes sense when you put it like that. So for two, two or three years now, I've been rebuking the carnal mind. But I'm going to get to the place I won't have to rebuke it because it won't be there. Because this will, this will kill it. This will kill it. You know, when Adam sinned and disobeyed God, he brought carnality to life. Adam was created immortal, whether y'all know it or not. He was immortal. He was eternal. Even after he sinned, the Lord said, I'm going to put this cherub at the gate to guard the way of the tree of life, lest he come back to eat it and live forever. Adam was made immortal. He wasn't made to die. Disobedience and sin done exactly what God told them. In the day you eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall die. They died naturally. They died spiritually. They lost immortality. In other words, Adam was created and placed in God's kingdom. And he lost the kingdom. Now we fix and get it back. Why? Jesus came. He didn't only come and redeem man. He reconciled him. Put him on that path back to God where he was created in the beginning. But we're going to have more than what Adam had. We're going to have that resurrected life of Christ. We could, see, Adam had humanity. And he had the fullness of God. But there was no evil. Adam didn't know how to fight evil. He didn't know what disobedience would bring. There was no sin. So sin entered into the world through one man's disobedience. Read Romans 5. By one man's disobedience, many were lost. By one man's obedience, many are turned back to God. We've been turned back to God and we got the right to possess this tree of life. Amen. We got the right to possess this. We've tried, but ain't nothing happened. Anybody identify what I'm preaching? Does it make sense? Gives you some answers, doesn't it, son? Gives you some answers. But see, the church ain't going to want this. <laughs> and I don't know why, but they just ain't going to want this. Because they're going to fight and say, we got everything we need in the Holy Ghost. Yeah, well, why ain't you put your sin man to death? Why ain't your sin nature been put to death? Why ain't your carnal mind dead? Why do you keep battling these things that you've been preached to all your life? 
you got victory over. Why do you live under condemnation? When you go to Romans 8 and 1, there's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. As many has been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. As many has been baptized into Christ have been baptized into his death. So when you put on his death, there's therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, has made me free from the law of sin and death. But what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son, in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned, destroyed, conquered, put to death, abolished, sin in the flesh. He did it as a man. He didn't do it as a man come down here full of God. He did it as a man. He was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Everywhere you read about him, he was made just like us. Hebrews 2 said he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham, for it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. It pleased him to be made like, just like me and you, but in being made just like me and you, he destroyed the devil. He destroyed the devil, made just like me and you. He was tempted in all points like as we are, yet he didn't sin. He didn't sin. He refused to sin. He refused. He knew what his calling was. He knew what he was chosen to be. And I'm, I'm, I'm fixing to preach on uh, a different way on this baptism. But Jesus said in one place when James and John come to him, The mother of James and John come to him and said, Lord, when they enter in my kingdom, I want my two sons, one sit on your left hand, one sit on your right hand. She said, you don't know what you ask. He looked at James and John. He said, can y'all be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? And can you drink of the cup? What's the cup? Death. Death. Because Jesus said, Father, let this cup let this cup where I'm fixing to die, I'm fixing to put my soul in your hands, and I'm fixing to go to hell for two and a half days without your presence. That's what he was afraid of in the garden. That's what he was afraid of in the garden. If he had been full of God, he would have never feared. Hebrews 5 and 11 said, In the days of his flesh, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up strong cries and tears unto him that was able to save him, in that he feared. He wasn't afraid of the cross. He wasn't afraid of the beating. He was afraid of having to go into the pits of hell and be without the Father the first time in his life. That's what he was afraid of. That's what he was afraid of. That's the reason when all the sins of the world was laid on him on that cross, God turned his back on him, turned away from him. Because he that knew no sin became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. But when he became sin... The father turned away from him, and he cried out, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, or my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That's what he feared. It wasn't the, it wasn't the persecution, it wasn't the flesh, it wasn't the cross, it wasn't the beatings, it wasn't the tauntings and the mockings. It was being without the presence of God those two days and two nights. But at the same time, while he was suffering all that, David had prophesied, Thou will not leave my soul in hell, 
neither will thy suffer thy holy one to see corruption. And he said, by this my flesh shall rest in hope. Because he knew he wasn't going to stay in that ground long enough for his body to start rotting. He knew he was coming out, but he had to hold that word. When you get in a trial, you got a hold of the word. You got a hold of the word. Y'all appreciate this word today? Yes. Give the Lord a good praise. This is a piece of the puzzle that's been missing for a long, long, long time. Amen. Been missing. You ain't going to tell this to a lot of people. You ain't going to share it with them. They ain't going to look at you like you're crazy. That's all right. We fix to get baptized into his death. Amen. We fix to get baptized into his death. You can't take this much word and be wrong. You can't take the word I've got on the kingdom and be wrong. There's too much scripture for it. We may not understand it. But we're going to get birthed into this. Amen. We're going to get birthed into this. I appreciate the Lord today. Get the offering buckets. I think they're in there in the office. Sure. Come on. One thing about it, the Spirit of God's met with us today. Has He not? He's met with us today. So I'm going to ask you to honor the Lord. If you, this is your church. Put your tithe in over here in the church bucket. If you got something you want to help me with as a pastor, put it over here in this side over here because we can use your help. You got them wrong? Okay. Maybe we need to spray one a different color. But do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. Come on right now. Hallelujah. Thank you. <laughs> Good to see you, son. Thank you, Jesus. I tell you, we had such a great time in Alabama. We had one of our brothers come up from Jasper, Alabama, and was with us on Friday night. Church was probably three-quarters full. He brought a lot of his church members. Man, we just had a great time in the Lord. There's the notes. Now, I didn't get to go into everything in depth. But what I've started doing are those of you that attend church here. I'll give you a loose-leaf notebook, and every week I try to write these scriptures down in my thoughts. So if you'll go back and study them, it'll give you a greater understanding. And bless you. Appreciate you, Sister Deborah. And 
it'll help you in studying these. And if you don't get them, then you go to our website. They're posted online. And I, everything, I, just about everything I preach within about a week is posted on our website, New Testament Church LJ. What is it, dot .org? ntclj.org you can go to our website find the services find the you know the notes because I want people to learn I'm not here just preach if I can't teach you and lead you into a relationship with Christ I'm doing you no good because we've had preaching for years you was raised under good preaching Isaac we've been raised up under good preaching you worked with Brother Butler for years I mean straight man preaching man had a standard but it's like all this has not gotten in people and brought a relationship with God in them as much teaching and preaching as we've had and I want to get people grounded I want to get them settled it's hard to get I was talking to somebody the other day I said what was the church for he said get, them, get people edified get them grounded get them rooted I said really they said yeah I said, it's hard to get people grounded and edified when you can't get them to church. Or when you only see them once every four or five weeks. <coughs> see, that's just rebellion in folks' flesh. And the Lord told me that's this what he's dealing with. This is what he's dealing with. Amen. Because I think it was, I can't remember what day it was now. Was it Friday morning? The Lord spoke to me said, this is the day of vengeance of our God. This is the day of vengeance of our God. He spoke that to me Friday morning. And he said, I'm, I'm fixing to punish evil. And I'm fixing to punish rebellion and wickedness in the earth. God ain't going to have a rebellious people. God dealt with the re rebellious people, the children of Israel, for 40 years. He fixing to deal with rebellion. I'm telling you, he fixing to deal with rebellion. You better find the mind and will of God for your life. And you better get in it. Lock hold of it with a bulldog hold and fight for it. Because we, we're moving in today. God's going to reveal this kingdom. And ain't just anything going in this kingdom. Amen. Appreciate the Lord today. I do. Hallelujah. Let's ask God to bless this offering. Father, in the name of Jesus, God overshadow us. Bless us. Keep us. Bless those that have given today. Lord, I know you sent me here. There's not a doubt in my mind. Lord, you've been speaking to me for years about L.J., and I know you sent me here. And, Lord, I'm here to accomplish what you sent us here to do. Let your name be established. Let it be grounded. Let it be rooted in people's hearts and lives. And let your will be done and bless this offering. God, bless the obedience. Bless the sacrifice. Bless the heart of the giver. We give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Elder, I think I'm going to let you dismiss today, if you would. I don't know where the mic is. Yeah, come on. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Okay, I'm just tired of this cough that's been like since Thanksgiving, and it wakes me up during the night and interrupts my sleep. Hallelujah. I got it. Ida, stop, trasa. Sorry.
Hallelujah. You know, I was in Fort Payne the other night, and I can't remember. Think it must have been Friday night because it was the last night service. And ever since I fell off the roof, and even since I went through this thing, this diabetes, I get cold real easy. And those of y'all that's been in our church in Fort Payne, you know we got doors or right back there where you come in the sanctuary by the sound booth. And Lisa was standing back there, and I just my I was freezing to death. She walked over to me. And, I, and she said, here, put your hands on my neck. And when I put my hands on her neck, she said, oh, my God. I said, what? She said, there is a power coming off of you. She said, I feel like you've got your hands on me praying for me. She said, there's just a power oozing out of you. <laughs> what you need, son? Okay. We'll get that dedication back and get back in there. I believe you will. I'd love to have you right here at this church for a home church, son. I really would. You know I love you. Uh, if you're going somewhere else, that's good. But just come visit us every now and then. Stir it, God. The prayer, the hunger, the thirst. the Stir it up in him. And give him the revelation of this kingdom. Open this word to his understanding. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Good to see you. I love you. Hallelujah. Y'all give Brother Elder a good clap offering. And thank God for this word. Thank you, Lord. Come on up. Why am I fighting my carnal? If I'm sold out to God and everything I live for is God, why am I fighting carnal? Why is sin still popping up in my mind? Why am I having to go down and fight like I'm in hell all the time? If I'm a child of God, why? And a question hit my spirit. And he said, Ashko, Pastor, if we are planted together in the likeness of his death, if we are planted together as a church, why are we fighting? Why do we still have sin in our mind? And then he said to ask you this, if we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, why are we fighting carnal? All this week, every time I'd go to prayer, I would pray for God, take sin out of me, take sin out of me. And he answered today. You know, God is God. God is just God. And if you'll seek his image, this is what he does. 